0: <laughs> this is this is the in the black podcast. You know
1: <laughs> in the black <laughs>
0: bro.
2: No, so check this out, man. Of all things, I'm perusing Facebook and looking at, you know, my feed going through and I see this ad for something called Booty Fresh. Oh my God. And apparently it's an ad. I you can ask me what, what what the deal is. I'm just saying it just kept popping up in my feed, right? So I'm like, what the fuck is this this Booty Fresh stuff? So then I go to it, click on the journal or whatever and it's talking about this spray that you're supposed to use to keep you essentially extra clean back there or whatever. So, you know, on the Facebook ads, right? If you go to it you can click on the on the side and it says why am i seeing this ad and it'll tell you why the ad is showing up in your feed so tell if you said why. this ad is in your feed because several of your friends either subscribe or recommend so here i am sitting there thinking which one <laughs> of y'all and
3: who which one of you has recommended <laughs> that <shit> to me <laughs> You nasty ass! <laughs> who is oh, the? I'm it, looking it was, at this ad, and, I, right. and
2: you know, I'm I'm literally looking at my my uh my notifications. <laughs> <and I'm> like, <laughs> like, is it this motherfucker? It, it had to be this one. now nah, that nigga's kind of sneaky too. No. It might have been this one. <laughs> no, sure it, sure it was, was Louis. That man.
4: would have been the post
3: of all posts. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> one of you
4: nasty ass who is
3: a nasty ass. It's nasty ass motherfucker. Nasty ass, <laughs> Oh, my God.
2: Yo, I know we're oh. laughing about it, but I know it's really L, man. He's been talking about this nah, OnlyFans fans nope. thing for a little no. bit. So, it no, has no, to be. No, no, L, no, just go ahead
4: and admit it. Man. Nope. We got Poopery over the street. <laughs> 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 Nigga,
0: this is why I hate you, man. This, <laughs> this is, like, for real why I hate you. <laughs> man,
4: hey, we're a Poopery family. I mean, you. My mother-in-law flies yes. that shit by the
0: cases. Says, <laughs> oh, oh,
2: damn yes welcome 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 what's up what's up what is up back once again it is the incredible in the black podcast and in case you weren't aware this is a podcast dedicated to covering the current events and social issues going on in your black world and covering it all from the perspective of three grown-ass men that know that when there's no justice there's no peace Mm -hmm. i am your host big o mr in the black himself but you know i can never do this alone let me introduce the rest of three six mafia Crush, say what's up. What's good, everybody? No doubt, L, please say what's up, man. What's good, family? No doubt, no doubt. And later on tonight, we're gonna be joined by defense attorney Michael Campbell to talk to us about things we should know when interacting with the police. Mm -hmm. But if you're checking this out on YouTube, make sure you smash that thumbs up and please subscribe so that you don't miss out on the next video. Now, before we jump into the meat and potatoes of things, Boogie, please tell these folks how they can become part of the family, man.
4: Hey, man, we really are looking for more of you to join the family. Big shout out to all of our new subscribers, man, everybody who's become a member of our family. We really appreciate yes, everybody yes. doing that Thank sincerely. You. Uh, you're making us better. Uh, but for you folks who have been lazy as shit, who have not become members <laughs> of our family, just shit. <laughs> <laughs> you're trying to get them to come in, and you, you're slapping them across the face and <laughs> You know what I mean? Come on, man, sell that shit, man. <laughs> Lazy asses. Yeah, hey, come on over to the In the Black Podcast, uh, our website and click on the become a member of the family tab. And from there you can do all sorts of great things. You can buy our swag, you can subscribe to our Patreon. You can give us money to improve this product that you have loved so much for so long. Uh come through, drop a comment.
3: drop some change. <laughs> <please. laughs> get yourself together. Help my man L out.
4: I'm
3: speech therapy. You 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 fucked
2: me out tonight. I
4: don't you know what's going on, bro. Listen, yeah. man.
2: Ooh. The caffeine injection.
4: Mm mm mm. I ain't drinking either. Oh, just
2: okay. drinking before the show starts. So it's nope. all good, but we got to start.
4: I'm out of solo cup, so I can't. Drink. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you
2: can't drink without a <laughs> solo can't cup. Can't do it. That's only cup, bro. Oh my god. Shit, yeah. <laughs> And from now until uh, Father's Day, uh, we are currently running a promotional on our Heroes Not Hashtags t-shirts and our Black Men Incredible t-shirts. So make sure you jump in, support the cause, support the in the black podcast and pick up one of those uh, while they're on sale um and we want to give a quick shout out to our partners for the show of course at uh, podfave podfaves.com do you love podcasts but find it hard to find your next bingeable show podfaves takes out the guesswork by easily identifying the best podcasts out there so you can spend less time searching and more time listening that's podfaves.com p-o-d-f-a-v-s.com now We do not have a black box letter for tonight. Uh, The reason being is because I wanted to actually talk about uh, the talk. And by the talk, I mean the talk that Mm. many, if not all African-American families have with their uh, young children, specifically their young boys. Um, Mm. My children uh, have been asking me for the past couple of days by watching clips on the news when I watched the news about what's going on, what caused all of these protests and the craziness that we're experiencing now in our streets. And it took me some time to gather the courage, to muster the courage to be able to do it. But my wife and I, we finally had that conversation uh, with them. Um, I will tell you that as as an adult, as a parent, as a father, that... That conversation was the second most painful conversation or feeling I have ever had in my entire life. Uh, My daughter, for those that listen to the show, know that she has sickle cell and she has sickle cell to the point that she visits the hospital uh, regularly. She'll be admitted and she'll be there for for days at at a time. Um, When I see her sitting in the bed, laying there after being admitted with tubes and all these connections on her, I feel Hmm. so helpless. I literally feel like a helpless lump of shit because I cannot fix what's wrong with her and just snap my fingers or buy what I need to buy or cut off the limb that will help her to feel better and get her up out of there. That is exactly the way I felt when I had this conversation with Hmm. my children. I felt helpless. I felt helpless because even with everything that I'm telling them and the multiple conversations that I know we're going to have going forward as they get older, I still can't fix the problem. That there's still going to be subjects or at the very least, in some capacity, statistics to the system and pawns in a white supremacist system. I say all of that honestly, to bring us not just full circle regarding the talk, because I think that that is a very deep and needed conversation that needs to be had, but also to give us some updates regarding the current situation going on with the George Floyd case. Um, The remaining three officers that were uh, involved in the, the murder of George Floyd have now been arrested. They have been arraigned. Uh, Bail has been set to $750,000 for each one of them. Uh, No trial dates have been set at this point, but here we are after almost 10 days of protests, finally getting some semblance of justice. And even within that, it doesn't change the perspective of what myself and many other families across this country are going to have to do at some point or the other. Um, since this subject primarily was uh, Crush's brainchild, man, let's go ahead and start it off, man. I know that we, you were, t- the, it circled around the, I guess, the relationship between the African American community and the Asian American community. And yeah. the lack of recognizing, or the process of anti-blackness, and what that looks like in our communities, especially from the Asian uh, Asian community. So let, you can go ahead and start it off, uh, Phil.
3: Yeah, um, this was something that was, uh, you know, brought to my attention uh, through a couple of uh, a couple of channels, and uh, there were a couple of questions I've seen. I saw some posts uh, from uh, you know, different uh, Asian uh, American. In the, in the industry, and most notably, Sophia Chang. She was the first uh, notable person that stood up and called out the Asian American officer that stood by um, and uh, literally kept people away while he was look His colleague um, killed Mr. Floyd. Um, she uh, she ripped into him, and she took the she took the chance to highlight, uh, you know. What the Asian American community needs to, needs to confront, and that's any uh, trace of anti-blackness in their anti-blackness in their community, which makes no sense because she's like we've been pawns in this whole thing the whole time, being used as the model citizen, you know, and which uh, you know which uh, led to a much larger larger article that I saw about this that uh, explained the idea, this larger idea that the. Asian-American was uh, really uh, used as a a stereotype, used as a stereotype of the model citizen against other communities of color. Yes.
2: Yeah. Um, There's a a wonderful article in the
3: Washington Post from 2016
2: that's actually called The Real Reasons the U.S. Became Less Racist Toward Asians. And it breaks that down from how between uh, the 1940s to the 1970s, how this process was started and intentionally created.
3: Go ahead. Now, now, mind you, uh, I did hesitate in sharing this article because I felt we should, you know, have you know, some one of our brethren up in here. I get to you. speak on it. You I know what you. I mean. And, and I'm and I, and I, and I mostly you know, extend that invitation now to, this, to to further this conversation because I think there are several conversations going on right now, uh, thanks to you know, several different figures and several people being being rather bold about, about uh, you know at least trying to speak for their community or at least, or at least certain sides of their community. Uh, because, you know, with the, I, you know, I remember growing up, I remember, I remember with the Asian friends I had growing up, they even admitted that um, that uh, their grandparents had a hard time with uh, seeing them with their black friends sometimes.
2: Yeah,
3: yeah, I've heard the same you know? thing. Man. And sometimes you know, these guys I go to school with, they'll come <laughs> home with a black girlfriend. Family flips out, you know? And, um, you know, and but, but it's like, oh, but I don't know why I didn't, that didn't seem to phase me at the time. I just kind of took it like, oh, that's the way they, yeah, that's it's the way it is life is for them and but it was kind of sad to me at the same time but I didn't think it would ever get to this you know I mean that indifference on this level you know um so I just want to see what you guys think. I know it's hard to speak on this particular aspect, but it is part of several conversations in terms of you know our you know our relationship with other commu- other communities um, in this in this uh, in this country.
2: Go ahead, Al
4: let's let's backtrack just a little bit. Uh, I know we we spoke uh, about our fallen brother, uh, Mr. George Floyd, mm-hmm. but we would be remiss if we did not speak about our fallen sister, Brianna Taylor, uh, and her case has been taken over by the FBI and reopened. Uh, very, very excited about that and she is in desperate need of justice also. So, yes, listeners, definitely, please, definitely. please forgive us for that oversight. It was yes. not
3: intentional at all. Uh, well, yeah, please. Definitely, definitely, gladly follow up on that immediately. And uh on no? it. Yes, yes.
4: Uh, so, the talk. Uh, the talk is troubling. I have th- four daughters, uh, and it's more and more difficult now because there's more and more black women being uh, victimized Uh, such as Breonna Taylor, such as Sandra Bland and we can run down the the list unfortunately and I hate running down the fucking list but it's a difficult conversation. My children are smaller, younger so I'm having difficult conversations and different conversations with them now just kind of pointing out differences between races in a way that doesn't create many radicals if that makes sense
5: Uh, mm -hmm. it can
4: be it can be difficult it can be Mm -hmm. really difficult because they're Mm -hmm. young so they have a tendency of asking more questions and i'm not trying to create that monster just yet i'll be that monster for them so they don't have to be it just yet uh the relationships with other communities is a struggle bro
2: uh particularly with the Asian community. Real quick, I've always... I think that some people might ask why we're putting these things together, but I honestly don't think that we can have a conversation about the talk and separate not only white supremacy, but the idea of anti-blackness and the other communities that we're surrounded about without... with it within that conversation, removing them fair, from that conversation. Fair, so that's fair. the reason why I'm putting them together. Good, good. Because that's the connection there that I think we need to pay attention to. Anti-Blackness
4: Definitely. is, a, is a, a real thing. Uh, but that relationship with us in the Asian community, I've always viewed uh, Asians as someone who assimilated better than Black folks did. Uh, assimilated in a manner where they were able to play that model minority role by keeping their heads down, doing well in school, staying out of trouble. Uh, But that model, as I got older and began to read more, became much more fucking troubling for me uh, because I realized how bullshit that is. Uh, And it took me a while, honestly, to get to a point where I was able to acknowledge uh, my own personal biases towards the Asian community. Uh, because I uh-huh. viewed them as someone who was able to get along better than black folks was, uh, not
2: knowing the reasons behind, or at least at the time, knowing the reason, yeah. not knowing the
4: reason, yeah, 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 because and, and just keeping it a buck, uh, within predominantly black environments, particularly low socioeconomic environments, most of our mom and pop stores are owned by minorities, whether they're. Arabs, Hispanics, Latinos, or uh, uh, Asians, and and I, I'm trying to be careful because I'm not quite familiar on what term or what phrase that I should be using. Uh, should I say Asian is Asian derogatory? When I should be saying specific ethnicities, as Korean and yeah.
3: In fact, the the cop uh, the the cop is uh, is, is identified as. I hope I'm pronouncing the term correctly, Hmong, American. Yeah, Hmong yeah, American.
2: yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: See, see, I'm not, I'm not familiar. You know what I mean? Yeah, so that's I'm where like, I'm like we, we, we need
2: that, to get to that, know each other. And that's yeah, where that conversation do. should we further, really
4: deeper, uh, because there's a lot of questions I can ask them, but I don't know how to navigate that. And honestly, I'm in a thought process currently where I struggle with watching black folks unite with other races in the midst of us fighting against anti-blackness mm, and white right. supremacy. Right. Uh in it in all honesty, I don't trust other races because I think for one, particularly minority races, they have their own issues and their own battle against white supremacy. And I think sometimes when we join forces those issues get lost in the mix. And there's a number of reasons why one group issue rises above another, but it's really complicated. And I know for me, it's a struggle to acknowledge that. And I bristle a lot when I'm doing my own community organizing with linking with other races, because I know they have their own issues and I'm afraid and concerned and don't have the luxury of allowing black issues to be
2: pushed to the side. Just keep it 100, it's not just their own issues, it's their own agenda. And And, and That's fair, absolutely. Yeah, You don't want to see their agenda supersede supersede yours, especially in in the moments where we are now, where you know that it's your issues that need to be pushed to the forefront. You know that's fucked up
4: too, you know that? It's really fucked up that I want to own my own issues. I get you. You know what I mean? It's
2: not, it's not let me ask you two a question man how do you have that conversation how do you have the talk and talk about anti-blackness and the relationship that african americans or black people specifically have between the police and other minority groups without creating militant children because i know i mean i mean i'm thinking to myself the only way that we can have this conversation and to have it be effective is to be Honest, 100 percent honest with our children, 100 percent honest with
3: ourselves. I mean, I mean, the 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 exchange have to be active and not passive. Yeah. You know what I mean? They just can't be receiving. They, they, you know, I have to listen to what they're understanding when I'm telling them. You know what I mean? Whatever fear, anger, confusion, or complete comprehension, I, I need to hear that back from them because I just want to talk at them about this. Because one thing I, I don't, one thing I don't think they would understand is the level of passion I have about it. I'm going to seem irrational to them, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because uh, because they because they don't understand what it was yet, what it's going to feel like to lose someone that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they, they can't and comprehend I... they can't comprehend it yet, and that's understandable. But you know that that's one thing I guess you have to do is try to filter the emotion out, and try to keep it somewhat emotionally sanitized for them. For, for and something. I
4: have a and I have a a different perspective on that. Uh, I think radical militant, those terms have been getting a negative view within our community here of late. Uh, When someone is called militant or radical, it usually means it has a negative, nasty taste to it, that we don't want our people to be militant or radical because Is it because we're afraid of what may happen to them? Does that radicality make them uncomfortable? Because there's something in there with that. Go ahead, Crush.
3: I think the radical thing about about the radicals that it it immediately implies a very narrow, specific mindset. Fixed. Unmoving. Unshakable. And unreachable. To the point of unreasonable, point of irrationality.
4: Yeah, yeah. And that, I think that, that, that definition yeah. is unfortunately is incredibly is subjective, as we know, mm-hmm. because I wouldn't use that definition, but I would classify myself as radical, meaning right. that I tend to take approaches that are outside of the norm, right? That we tend to
3: use. That's why I, I, I wouldn't go. Well.
4: I wouldn't go that far as saying that I'm fixated and I'm unable to see other approaches. But I would say I'm definitely radical.
3: Oh no, this is this is what I this is what I see with the white gays. Got, gotcha. The white gaze. Gotcha. I'm saying that the brothers fair. I know who are radical, they have a radical mindset for us to grow. Sure, it's about, sure, sure, It's about growth, yeah, and progress. And so, but what they're seeing is a it's fixed mindset different. that, that yeah. they can't be reasoned with, and is always angry, and yeah. can't be and they can't calm yeah, down, yeah, and yeah. can't be contained. Because
4: when we see in the media, in movies, the radical black dude is always the one with the kufi, who every other word is some it, it, sort it, of
3: extreme
4: black.
3: Well, you know, it, it, erratic, like, loud, and, yeah, and, yeah. And, and, and and sporadic, and almost manic.
4: Yeah. So I say all that to say, I'm not concerned with having my daughters be radical. I'm not concerned with that label being posted on it but because my, my chief concern is not the radicality because i want them to have a level of radicality my concern is at a young age putting more on them than they're able to not necessarily 100%. comprehend even but to defend from 100%. older people within the system and i think that's that which troubles me the most and that's why i think a lot of our parent as parents don't want to give their kids the talk that we would give a homie. Because the talk that I'm giving a homie who's just waking up to the fucked up system, first of all, I'm like, yo, why the fuck would you sleep so long? <laughs> <laughs>
0: right, 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 Second, yeah.
4: then I'm just diving in and giving them an unloaded gun. But for my children, I got to be a little bit more cautious. And I'm worried too, Sean, and this is something that I think about time living in a, a patriarchal society, having girls, I was in a conversation with my wife briefly and i was talking about how i don't want to have my daughters grow up to depend on men to be their defense
0: Mm. i want
4: them to grow up to have a relationship a relationship with men where they're able to support each other and it's a different dynamic and component but as a as a big black man who is outspoken vocal all those things I find myself being really torn at times by like, yo, I want to hover and 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 protect, but at the same time, it's that awful dynamic as I become more and more aware of my own personal misogyny, my own personal patriarchal views. It's like, yo, what the fuck am I supposed to do, bro? I got girls, like, yo, help, nigga, help.
3: (laughs) You know (laughs) my. My, my, my wife pointed out one day something that she definitely noticed in a larger conversation she was having about the differences between um, young white female students and young black female students, and the way young black girls are raised versus the way young white girls are raised. Because, well, actually, this this example came from a reality show she was watching when she was watching this one, uh, young, you know, this one particularly young white woman always resort to a particular set of behaviors to get what she wanted. Mm-hmm. And she was like, you know what? She relies on that shit throughout life, but yeah. a lot of white women do. Yeah. Yeah. But the way, black women, the way black women are raised, they're immediately sexualized, adultified, I'm not sure if I'm using the right word. No, 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 that's right. Immediately, immediately put upon to be considered a woman from age 13. But right. even further though, Crush, is
4: every time I tell somebody that I have young daughters, you know what the first fucking thing they say? You're never going to have to worry about somebody taking care of you because your daughters are all, and I find that yeah. so fucking offensive. That yeah, that's, like, not fair. that's not That's fair. not my daughter's responsibility that's not to fair. be there to take care of me. and. To that's pro- not fair. Like, yo, that's if I had fair, sons, would you, you be
3: saying that shit? Probably you know, you not. Wouldn't. Probably not. That's not fair. That's not it, fair it is, it's
4: such a, a difficult thing, man. To have the talk is different now with girls than it would have been a couple years ago with boys because. Homicide by cop for black females has always been taking place, but it hasn't been up until Sandra Bland or or that one cop that was raping all of the black females and getting mm -hmm. away with it. It it wasn't until those extreme cases. And that's another point. It's usually extreme ass cases of violence that gets us to want to defend. Yo, we fucked up,
3: go ahead. Yeah, we did. I mean, this is another conversation that's been uh, bubbling Ooh. up a lot, uh, especially thanks to Mr. Boega, who became emotional about the topic in public. And um, yeah, that's, that, awesome. that's probably for another show. It might be another show. <laughs> no, no. I, I, th- I think one of the biggest things that I've
2: run into as we've been having this conversation online with our listeners on our Facebook and so on is the fact that as many people that I know that are having to talk with their children or have had to talk with their children. There's a lot of folks that aren't having to talk with their children. And I think I I don't want to say that it's to their detriment because I know healthy young black men and women that recognize the ills of our society and what white supremacy is and the place it has in our society and they're fully functioning. And I don't mean that in a dismissive way or in a negative way. But I, I'm going to folks.
4: agree. Yes, I'm not going yeah. to rain down my normal wrath on people for doing shit like that. I, I won't. <laughs> but what I will say is this, if you teach <laughs> you teach your kids not to talk to strangers, you teach your kids to look both ways across the street, you teach your kids not to take candy from a stranger, you teach your kids to stay close in busy places, you need to add to that list unfortunately, how to engage and deal with the proximity of white people. At some point in time, that is going to be a conversation that you're going to have to have. And it sounds fucked up. It sounds unfair. It sounds like something that may be too advanced to them. But the more cases that you see, and I'm big on racial literacy. Racial literacy is me teaching my children how to combat recognize and analyze when they're in hostile racial situations when they're the only black child in the room yeah. when a teacher or someone says something that might be questioned how to respond to that and that doesn't mean to outburst or to be mm-hmm. angry right how yeah. to respond in such a way that they're able to deal with it process it, and bring it to me so i can help them navigate that but that has to be a part of the conversation at some point in time parents because it is crucial as a motherfucker out here for our children.
2: Yeah. yeah. Heavy. All right. Uh, like I said, tonight wasn't a black box night, but as usual, if you'd like to get your comments and emails or comments and thoughts shared on the show, please, you can always share your uh, your thoughts with us at our email at in the black at gmail.com, or you can message us on our Facebook page at intheblackpdcsp on Facebook. Um, right now, what we're going to jump into recently, New Orleans quarterback, probably future Hall of Famer. I don't, I won't go. I won't. I mean, I'll, I'll give him that credit. Uh, Drew Brees was interviewed by Yahoo Finance and they were talking about a whole host of things. Uh, and in that conversation, Drew Brees was asked by the interviewer what his thoughts are regarding a possible return to, of kneeling to the NFL. And this is what he had to say. Let's take a listen.
1: I
3: will never agree with anybody disrespecting the flag of the United States of America. Let me, let me just tell you what I feel when the national anthem is played and when I look at the, the flag of the United States. I envision my two grandfathers who fought for this country during World War II. And in many cases, it brings me to tears thinking about all that has been sacrificed, not just those in the military, but for that matter, those throughout the civil rights movements of the 60s and everyone and all that has been endured by so many people up until this point. And is everything right with our country right now? No. But I think what you do by standing there and showing respect to the flag with your hand over your heart is it shows unity. We can all do better. And that we are all part of the
5: solution.
2: Now. As you can possibly imagine, Drew Brees has gotten a ton of backlash, not just from the general public, but from other NFL players. And within less than 24 hours, he has issued an apology. And I want to make apologies,
4: sure to plural.
2: I, I, plural. Want, I, I want to read his lengthy apology that he put up on Instagram earlier this morning. Get your sugar uh, ready. White tears make the best Kool-Aid. Get <laughs> it. Oh, Lord, I would like to apologize to my friends, teammates, the city of New Orleans, the black community, NFL community, and anyone I hurt with my comments yesterday in speaking with someone in speaking with some of you, it breaks my heart to know the pain I have caused in an attempt to talk about respect unity, and solidarity, solidarity centered around the American flag and the national anthem. I made comments that were insensitive and completely missed the mark on the issues we are facing right now as a country. They lacked awareness and any type of compassion or empathy. Instead, those words have come, become divisive, hurtful, and have misled people into believing that somehow I am the enemy. This could not be further from the truth, and it is not an accurate reflection of my heart or my character. This is where I stand. I stand with the Black community in the fight against systemic racial injustice and police brutality and support the creation of real policy change that will make a difference. I condemn the years of oppression that have taken place throughout our Black communities and still exist today. I acknowledge that as we as Americans, including myself, have not done enough to fight for that equality or to truly understand the struggles and plight of the black community. I recognize that I am part of the solution and can be a leader for the black community in this movement. I will never know what it's like to be a black man or raise black children in America, but I will work every day to put myself in those shoes and fight for what is right. I have always been an an ally and never an enemy. I am sick about the comments, sick about my comments and how they were perceived yesterday, but I take full responsibility and accountability. I recognize that I should do less talking and more listening. And when the black community is talking about their pain, we all need to listen. For that, I am very sorry and ask for your forgiveness. So that was the comment that he released earlier this morning after all of the backlash, including from his teammates. Wow. Yeah, it's been rough. Wow. I'm gonna let you guys jump Woo. in and talk about it. Uh, and then I'll give my, my thoughts,
3: who wants to go first, whichever Oh uh, Let the sports head go first.
2: Uh, <laughs>
4: man, fuck a Drew Breeze.
0: <laughs> you, you, you took my life. You took my life. Yo. <laughs> Drew Breeze, bro.
4: My man Drew Breeze and came out with like 99 damn different apologies already. And I want to send a big shout out to whoever that you black publishes. Oh, whoever kind of that black teammate that. is, whoever that black staff is that wrote that first relationship. Yeah. Yeah.
2: They
4: wrote that shit for him. Yeah. Because yeah. he had all of the key ass buzzwords. That yeah, he moment. did. He was yeah, he on did. fire. I mean, he must have read, you know, Michelle Alexander's New Jim Crow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he read <laughs> that, read that New Jim Crow. He was like, yeah. shit. He was like, oh, my God. <laughs> he was up all night taking notes. But fuck Drew Brees, though. Yeah. Really. Uh, The fact of the issue that I really took an issue was, was how quick Drew Brees was to take that stance. Again, when somebody asks you a question that you're unsure of, you're uncertain of, there's usually a pause there. There's usually a moment or two for you to, to try to recollect or realize, you know, acknowledge what the hell you want to say. Drew Brees was like, no, we ain't kneeling no kneeling is taking place whatsoever and on top of the no kneeling my grandfather did this in the war and i was like drew bruh what what the what the fuck does all that matter bruh that it has nothing to do with anything and i loved how fast them athletes particularly them nfl players was on drew breezes
2: Ass. They was on his ass, I mean, they was on his
4: ass, bro. And I was just really, really offended for just a moment though, because I have been level. (laughs) 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 I expect white people to respond that way when they're asked about the military, the flag any of that because and especially
2: shit. when they're being asked that by another white I, person listen it,
4: it was it was the number one response and drew Brees has been consistent with his views and stances on this damn flag listen situation. my guy i'm like, glad you
2: said i'm so glad It, ain't, it ain't you said even that shit, i was just like you know, so, fuck drew Brees. i'm so glad you said it man and you know what i got into and uh i won't say an argument but i did have a um an interesting conversation or the beginnings of an interesting conversation with our homie V Bland, because I told him that to be very honest with you, I operate from the stance Especially Come on, the Come older on half on my team. Half uh, my team, you stupid. Come on, the bro, uh, I get I know, know you agree from up, the stance that white people, at the very least, if they aren't racist, they are racist to Jason. Or I at least going to crush. be racially I insensitive. It. And Come it's on. not because I believe that all white people are necessarily racist, right? Uh, but I believe there. that they are just extremely there, what? There's, 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 there's a strong level of this. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I, not because I believe you're trying to find another word for it. I don't. It's off on the synonym. They're inherently that way, but it's. It's just become second nature because white they're, what? they're well, white. Because they're white. Come on, bro. Say it's okay. White people will
4: agree with me.
2: That's what they, you know. <laughs> <laughs> because that's what they're used to. That's what they've become accustomed to. So man, that way man. when I take that stance, to be very honest with you. It keeps me from being surprised. It keeps me from being hurt. It keeps Thank me you from being angry because <laughs> I know that these people, you, you, you you're I not going you to shake me. You're not going to pull the yes. wool over my eyes. Like Elgin has said, Drew, this is th- what Drew Brees said in that interview is how he felt in his heart. Point blank, period. How do I know this? In 2016, he said the same exact, exact same thing. thing. He would never. And I I use that never in quotes, never respect anyone that kneels, disrespects the flag or the anthem. Yep. Why is this important? Because it was that same stance that he took in 2016 that was getting him paid, getting him recognized and getting him these endorsements because he was Captain America. He was that dude. People and know, he, was he was Captain was America.
4: This. Why? Because he came to a predominantly poor Black. city mm, and time, did what? He came to New Orleans during the height of what? Yeah, black downfall dog. Mm. Bruh, they rallied, he rallied around the community
2: for Katrina, and he felt like in his whiteness he could say whatever the fuck he wanted to say. Wanted to say. And people well, let's let's keep let's keep it all the way, all the way funky, man they allowed this shit to happen because he'd been saying yes. this type of stuff and having this type of behavior quite some control. time and nobody checked yeah. him before. And many people didn't check him specifically because of his philanthropic efforts within the community. Within the Not black no, community. Within yes. the black community. Well, well yes. I won't say within the black, within the, because it wasn't specifically within okay, the black okay. community, you know I'm saying? We'll be fair, we'll be fair. We'll New, the, the state bro, of New ahead. Orleans. Yes. Within New Orleans, within New Orleans and within Louisiana community sure. that are, are most Needed quote unquote, I'll okay. Leave, I'll that's leave fair, it at that. that's fair. So he used this platform, this stance, and like I said, at the same time, the NFL being the NFL was also allowing him to push this platform forward because it was also their platform, so it strengthened his argument. Now, here we are, four years after the fact we have a young man that was killed for no reason, the city, the nation is burning down and you thought that this was the right time to talk about the goddamn anthem and the goddamn flag. And you use, and I feel, man, you know what? I don't know if his grandparents are still alive. I'm assuming that they aren't given his age, but I would be disappointed in this dude. If I was his garrant pants, I would be disappointed in him. Why would I be t- disappointed t- in him? Tell me why,
4: please. Because I'm I'd be disappointed
2: in this, this. dude. <laughs> you, the guy, I hate you so much. I would, be disappointed. <laughs> I would be disappointed in him because the same men and the same flag that they fought under and the same values that he claims to uphold are also those that are representative of the flag like the First Amendment, which is the ability to protest. The ability to say whatever the fuck you want to say, when the Boy, fuck you want to say it. You are
4: such a nice but, ass
2: dude. Bro. No, I'm just saying, well, see, I would be, that's just me. I would be disappointed. That's because what like, if, if that's what white privilege allows you, you to do. Your parent, if that's what you learned from your grandparents, telling you them, the came, about to They came back, back from war, the war,
4: it was segregated. When they came home, it was segregated as a motherfucker. Yeah. Segregated. So when they came home, they got the GI Bill. You right? Our black people didn't get the GI Bill, which allowed white people to get a leg up to gain generational wealth, which puts our people in generations of poverty. Mm -hmm. Fuck his grandparents, bro. Unless they, unless, and I'm gonna put a caveat on it because I try to respect my elders a little bit, unless they have somehow actually tried to instill some damn racial common sense in the
2: Drew's ass, but obviously they did, this motherfucker failed. But you know what I think the biggest part is? Because people are asking, what does this mean for Drew Brees? And I don't think it really means anything outside of football play. No, 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 I don't think so. I don't think so one bit. Because out in the real world where we are, it doesn't mean nothing for him. Because he's still getting checks. Like I said, the same platform and the same mouth he was using to say people shouldn't kneel for the flag. Those companies did not. Come on, man. Listen, I'm not not
4: disagreeing with you at all. I'm coming from the standpoint of this. Drew is 40 plus. His play began. He just to, know he's 40
2: years. He's about to be 40 yep, years old. His yep. play
4: began to go down last year. The dude that they had as a backup was Teddy Bridgewater, and when Teddy Bridgewater played those games, Teddy was lighting shit up. Yeah. Drew came back. His play wasn't steady. Let Drew's ass start falling off early in them a couple games in the football oh. season, and watch how them folks in New Orleans light his ass up. That's the only way. You see, that's the part that is so fucked up, is the fact of his play has to go along with his behavior in order for him to get some sort of punishment and ramifications. If he was a brother, Kaepernick took the motherfuckers to the Super Bowl and kneeled for a righteous cause and will never play in
2: the NFL again. But I feel you. I feel you. That's the only way he's going to take a hit. Yeah, but like I said, I think that outside of football, he's not really going to eat right. too much, just because right. of the fact that these companies still uphold and uh, you know align themselves with that type of thinking. On the field, in the locker room, that's a totally different story because you got to look each one of these brothers in the eye and explain yourself every motherfucking time you show up. I don't. I don't know how he's going to. I don't I know how
3: he's going to do it. I don't know how he's going to. I was reading. how he's going to navigate professionally going forward.
4: I was reading Howard Bryant's $40 Dollar Slaves." Uh, excellent book, man. Howard is a monster, yeah. uh, and he was talking about how segregated locker rooms are. Huh. How white players stick with white players and black players stick with black players, and you used to you get the image that the old line hang out with the old line, the defense. He was like, no, it's quite the opposite. That's why they're able to hold on to some of their views that they have because they're not even challenged in the locker room. So I think there's a potential for that based off of the heightened climate, but I wouldn't I wouldn't hold out a whole lot of hope that he's gonna be in the locker room. I mean, he's still the the white starting quarterback of a NFL playoff team. Uh, I'm, I'm
2: to be very honest with you. I'm I think also should
4: be punching the mouth quickly, though. But that's
2: just every me. single day until every single day, yes. every single day until the end of the season. I am glad though that he said it. <laughs> and, and it's funny because I usually don't agree with Stephen A. Smith, but I, he said something <laughs> earlier today where he said, I'm glad that he said it because a lot of people when you start talking about race and you talk about racial incidents, you can hear the collective white eyes roll in their heads like, oh my God, here we go again. I thought you guys wanted the guy charged. He's been charged. He's going to jail, all this other stuff. Then mind you, even in the midst of all of this, even while cities across the country are burning down, Drew Brees still felt in his heart of hearts that kneeling, that whole presence of kneeling was somehow disrespectful to his America as though that America is somehow separate from black America.
4: And he's already been on IG. He was on IG just a few minutes ago, actually crying, crying, yeah, crying, yeah. crying, tears,
2: crying, saying how sad he is that he's actually hurt. Black. People. you know, you know what it is though in all jokes aside. And it's funny though. Cause like I said, he's, this is not new for him. He, nope. I know people have probably said the same thing to him when he was spouting this nonsense in 2016. But you see how quickly white people get so emotional when you call them a racist. Yeah, yeah. Really now emotional. people are coming out there and they're calling him a racist and he's like, it's hurting him in the gut. What's making it, really it worse though? <laughs> what I think is making it worse? Not that they might not be racist. So I don't want to jump to that conclusion. But people like Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady—they've actually come out and said the right things. So you have white guys that knew their place to shut either shut the you hell. You have out, Tom and they Brady when they were step supposed to say like, <laughs> And this dude is like he said, "Oh God, Drew Brees, you big dummy!" Like, what are you doing? What are you doing? So now we have a target. You know what I'm saying? Like,
3: oh lord, like, what a oh, hell a of a target. target
2: and a hell of a target. And, and, well, I'm not gonna lie. One of the dudes. Aaron Rodgers put something on face on IG and said the same thing basically like, well, I don't know how anyone can come to that conclusion. And he made a pretty good pitch towards, you know, equality and fighting for justice for black people in the black community. And then his one of his uh, teammates, Aaron Rodgers' teammates on the Green Bay Packers posted something to his reply. It was just the the post of when Green Bay plays New Orleans during the regular season. <laughs> he's like i can't wait for this game <laughs> niggas gonna be they're gonna be chopping in the bit to knock his goddamn elbow <laughs> <up>. <laughs> and it, me for one i cannot wait yeah, yo
4: green bay
3: and, oh boy uh, i cannot oh, wait man. Lord. i have
4: i have zero sympathy for
2: buddy either bro. none not even none, a little bit man. bro not even a little Ooh.
4: bit and i just even even if that's how he actually feels which i believe that's how he actually feels yeah it, i know he feels it in his heart how can you Say that when right down the road people are rioting based off of the loss of black life. This is not like a couple of days have passed between riots or this incident. The news of these officers just being charged and they're the one dude's charges getting upped. It just yeah. happened. Yeah. So you can't even you can't even claim and fiend ignorance here. Yeah. You just let your whiteness get away
2: from you, bro. And yeah, it you. Yeah, yeah, it
3: really did. Yes. It really did. Good.
2: <laughs> all right. We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we are going to be joined by defensive uh, defense attorney Michael Campbell, who's going to help <laughs> I'm us saying,
3: do... damn. I'm all right. about The Packers, man. I'm Shut up. up. <laughs> <We got Marcelo's laughs> Shut He's
2: fantasizing about he that. game. Light skinned <laughs> motherfuckers <laughs> at it again. <laughs> Michael Campbell's going to come and join us to, to describe or to talk about how the tips hey, that we take can use. Time, take you time. motherfuckers. I hate you guys <laughs> threw me off my damn. <laughs> Michael Campbell's Thank coming God. to help us to talk about tips that we can use when we have interactions with the police. So please stick around. We'll be right back. This is the conversation.com. You're home for the rep up show with me, Jay Cleveland Payne. The Up show is a podcast that lets you in on the news you get a chance to vote on these news stories that you believe are most important. Interact with the news stories posted on Twitter via TH underscore Conversation and Facebook at This Is The Conversation. Then check out the podcast every weekend to find out what top 10 stories per se you made it to the list. At its home, thisistheconversation.com or wherever your favorite pods are cast. Thanks for sticking around. In the previous segment, we talked about the talk and recent updates on the George Floyd case, as well as that son of a bitch Drew Brees. Um, but right <laughs> now, what we're gonna go ahead and do, we're gonna jump into this segment. We are joined by defense attorney, Mr. Michael Campbell. Uh, Brother Campbell, what's going on, man? Thank you for joining so us. no much,
5: man. man, thank y'all for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah,
2: no doubt, no doubt. I now, about now I know that some people outside of the Memphis area may not be familiar with you. so. Please tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, your background, who you are, what you do, that sort of thing, okay?
5: All right, I'm a native Houstonian, born and raised in uh, Houston, Texas. Went to a real good high school out there called Willow Ridge High School. Y'all might know about that if y'all are in your 40s. Went, ended up going <laughs> to the University of Oklahoma because mm. of the reverse discrimination lawsuit, uh, the Hopwood decision. What it did was it held up scholarships for all academics, including black folks uh, in 1996. And University of Oklahoma came in and scooped up all the Texas graduates at the time coming out of uh, out of you know high school. Was at Oklahoma for four years studying criminology, sociology, psychology, anyology you can think of. Transitioned into law school. Uh, left law school, came back to Houston. Got a phone call from some of the judges in Memphis that remembered me because I interned in Memphis. Ended up becoming a criminal defense lawyer out here in Memphis. We do federal uh, defense. We do. State defense, and uh, you can catch us in Mississippi. You can catch us in Alabama. You can catch us in Arkansas. Pretty much that tri-state area.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm.
5: Yep. And I come from a, a line of family members who are all down for the Divine Nine, which I'm a participant of, uh, okay. a thirty-three degree, thirty-third okay. degree Mason, as oh, well shit. as a member of Cap Alpha Psi Attorney Incorporated. I, I so.
2: you know what? This is the second, the second show in a row that I've had a loop on the show, and I have. I promised myself I wouldn't put noobs on my show, but somehow you guys keep finding a way to show up. So.
5: Well, we got a voice. Everybody got a voice. We got a voice. And let's see what <laughs> it has to be said, you know? You know, you might want to judge me by it, you might
2: not. We'll see. <laughs> no doubt, but we appreciate you taking the time out now. Um, I, the reason why we wanted to bring, before we even jump into all of that, with everything that's been going on in the world, and you know what I'm talking about, yeah. how have you been handling it mentally Emotionally, I mean, are you holding it together? Because I know a lot of us, we're not, it's been an ordeal for everybody. So how are you dealing with it, man?
5: I don't mean to sound callous, but in my, I have a dear cousin of mine who was my legal, legal partner named Rod Wilson. Uh, where he's upset, I've gotten callous.
4: Mm.
5: I've gotten mm. callous, I kind of expect it now. Um, mm. I wrote a thesis back at, uh, in school when I was getting my master's degree. I said this is the expectation of what we've created. Um, mm. I expect it. When you give a cop who has a demographic of being a high school graduate a year of college or so, and you give him a badge to hide his white privilege, what the hell you expect? Mm. And we shroud, we shroud that up with what has been going on mm. in you know American politics, American society, American socialism. And this is a powder keg. I mean, come on, every decade we have a riot for the same reason. I mean, mm-hmm. from what we what yeah, happened yeah. with the hurricanes. Uh, you know, Hurricane Rita, Hurricane Katrina. We go back farther to, uh, in L.A., Compton. Uh, we go back to Rodney King. Come on, you know, at some point, we have to start taking the, the intellectual portion of it and recognizing that we have more to offer than what we're gonna receive in these interchanges and mm. appreciate it and handle it, handle it in that form. And once you handle it in that form, we will get a better response, but I can't say what's gonna happen on the other side. Interesting, interesting question.
2: Yeah. Um, my first question to you, man, because we wanted to have you on the show, given that a lot of the argument revolves around how we as black men have these interactions with police. And it posed the question, what is the proper interaction, if there is one, for us to have with the police? Are there things that we should know going in that as soon as you see those lights flashing behind you, get these things in order, whatever the case may be? What do you say about that?
5: All right, no pun intended. The first Mm -hmm. thing we have to do is how to learn how to breathe. Okay? And we gotta recognize that we are sacrificing the long game for the short game, okay? Mm -hmm. What's the short game? I get stopped by a cop and I have an argument, okay? Nine times out of 10, when that cop stops you, he already knows what he's gonna do. Mm. And what you are doing is reinforcing whatever predisposed idea he has, uh, whatever perverted mindset he has, whatever thought that he has. And I tell all of my clients this, you can't win on the street, okay? You can't win. You can't outgun him. You nine times out of 10, you cannot outrun him. And he, if you allow him to be the judge, the jury, and the executioner, he's going to do it right there. Because everything about what he's been raised is going to offer just that, okay? So what's your response? We have made compliance a dirty word, okay? Because we have taken the idea of be compliant as a a socialistic shot to our pride, you know? Like, because I'm African American, the last thing I want to do is be compliant. But Mm. what I'm telling the brothers to do is we have to realize our value and begin to play the long game instead of playing the short game. Because these men are losing in court, all right? Mm. When I, 99% of my clients who come in on uh, a disorderly conduct, a traffic stop, uh, any of that, they're getting dismissed. They're getting dismissed. But within that dismissal, I have to get you to the courtroom. If I can't get you into the courtroom because you're dead, the only thing I can do is get your family a check that you'll never appreciate or be able to have for your own possession. Now, if that's what you want, that can be achieved. But we first have to understand what our value is in the stock. Okay? That's number one. Number two, when he comes, not necessarily be compliant, but find out what it is. How can I help you? Okay. Now this is going to sound real washed. Okay. Uh, how can I help you? What is it that you need? Okay. Um, here's my license. Here's my ID. If he no, asks you to step out the car, get out the car. If he says, well, I think I'm going to arrest," mm-hmm. Hey, can I have my family member or somebody come and get my vehicle? Okay. And you get it out of here and then stop talking. Stop talking. Okay. Because nine times out of 10, that body camera is not going to be on y'all. It's not. The body camera's not gonna be on, he's gonna give some lame excuse and he's gonna play like he's scared. That's yeah. the truth of the reality of what we're seeing, okay? Yeah, yeah. So the question is if I'm dealing with a pit bull in the middle of the street and I have no weapons, I can't run away, what do I do to get out of the situation to get into the courtroom? Think yeah, about yeah. the long game. Yeah, yeah. Because if I make it to the courtroom, I win, okay? I can't <laughs> tell you how many officers I've smoked in the courtroom, I can't tell you how many cases I've won I had a case just last week where I got the officer to admit that he screwed up a lineup because he showed Facebook pictures of who he thought was the person who did it. Who he thought. So that case got thrown out. Yeah. Hmm. But if I allow you or any of my brothers and sisters to have a fight right there, mm. that fight is not one that's going, we're going to win That's street justice. Okay? Yeah. Now, if it's a crowd of people, that's a different story. It's a different story if it's a crowd. Because in a crowd, mm-hmm. that's when the camera comes into play. That's when my, uh, that's when I can document what happened. But then you say, well, what about George Floyd? The girl was taping and this still yeah, took place. Yeah. What about right. George Floyd? Yeah. She was yeah. taping and that and Mr. Campbell, that still didn't win, okay? But yeah. well, in those scenarios, she has the responsibility to make a scene herself, okay? Help!
4: Yeah, yeah,
5: yeah. Y'all killing hmm. him! Hmm. Somebody come, somebody come to make such a scene, to make a scene, and to afford being arrested themselves for so the one brother's not sacrificed. But we don't mm. see that type of altruism exist anymore.
4: No, it doesn't.
5: Thank it doesn't exist. It used to exist when our brothers from the nation would get on the streets sure. in their black and white suits and they would surround you during the arrest. They, they existed when the Black Panther Party had Huey P. Newton and Eldridge Cleaver sitting out there watching you as you did it, but yeah, now, yeah. We have sacrificed that for a digitized United States. And me holding that camera <sighs> taping you is not gonna change his reaction because now they're ready for lights, camera action. So you need to make a scene while you're doing it far enough away that you are not a threat to get arrested. And if you know that you're gonna get arrested, be direct in which the interruption is gonna be. What and that's you when you, you have a crack. Be direct. Do be it, direct. You're killing him. Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah.
5: Okay. See, once a person is putting you on notice that you're doing something, and it's not a question like, ooh, look at this, but you're killing him, there's yeah. something of, Are, is this officer going beyond his duty? Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. right now, you got entitlement that's encloaked with a badge, brothers, okay? <laughs> and that's poison. Yeah. If I tell you all your life, you were better than somebody else, all your yeah. life, you, yeah. because of your DNA, all this happened, and that you are inherently a better person and we don't want these other people because you are better and then you get to pull over that attorney. You get to pull over that black engineer. You yeah. pull over that black education. You recognize that this person is a, in a better position than you are in the country that your granddaddy supposedly made. Yeah. Yeah. You don't yeah. think that's yeah. not gonna play out subconsciously in their mind in the middle of the arrest? Yeah. Yeah. So we have to then treat ourselves as though we are just that. See, if I get an argument and I'm worth a million dollars and you're only worth 10, the argument's not going to last very long, no, okay? Because no, no, no. I'm not going to sacrifice my million for your ten.
0: Yeah. Right.
5: Right. So right. So in exchange of that, I'm going to give you the short game because I'm going to get the long. Yeah. Okay. And that's what I mean by that.
2: Okay. Now, let me ask you this. Now, we're talking about playing the short game. What happens after or what should we keep in mind if you do get hemmed up? You sitting in the back of that paddy wagon, you know that you're headed to the station. What should you keep in mind? What are the things you should do?
5: First thing you should do is you're gonna exercise your right to counsel. Keep your mouth shut. Because when these guys are in anger, they put anything on that pad. Whatever they write on that affidavit and it's what they write and it can't be erased. Okay? As a criminal defense lawyer, I want that memorialized. I want Mm -hmm. your stupidity Mm -hmm. memorialized. I want your skipping the Miranda. I want you Uh, not vocalizing certain rights to me and giving me... I want you to write that down, okay? Or be absent writing it. That's the first thing. When they ask to have a conversation with you, don't think you can talk your way out of it, okay? Those are what we call, in my world, admissions, okay? Mm -hmm. And when you start making admissions, the crime starts being curtailed to what you have stated that you thought you were in the right, or you thought this benevolent person was going to help you with.
0: It. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I
5: can't tell you how many times a person has thought that a cop was going to be benevolent and let them out of a situation and they use their own statement to create a different crime than what they were stopped for. Y'all follow me on that?
2: Yeah, see you. Yeah.
5: Yeah. So here you are, and you have Grandmama's prescription in the car. You understand?
2: Oh. <laughs> and
5: yeah. Grandmama's prescription is slipped up in a couple of pills and fell in between the seats. So now I got a tab in the car, all right? Shit. And so now I'm being pulled over, cop pulls me out the car, he either sees the lower tab or somehow he gets into doing some type of illegal search and he finds, guess what, lower tab. So here's a black man in possession of a controlled substance Dang. in the middle of the night. So I start to, ex- I start to explain. Well, I got a story officer. Uh, see, I drive my grandmother and my grandmother is on lower tab and and what happened was it spilled between the seats. So now the affidavit was, turns into, Damn. male is knowingly in possession of illegal, illegal substance. substance. By admission, <laughs> he knew it was in the vehicle. He had a hundred and some odd dollars on him at the time. And now you're dealing with street values for drugs and you don't even buy drugs. Damn. So just keep your, shit, keep your mouth shut. Yeah, shit, boy. Keep your mouth shut. And by the time you get to court, I'm just gonna walk into court with grandmama's prescription and the title of the car, and then we all go home. But because you sat up there and you gave all these admissions, your affidavit now looks like something that came out of the best fiction novel from Tyler Perry. Mm. Keep your mouth shut.
2: One uh, One of our listeners asked, how constitutional are curfews? If you're familiar with that. Can you give us some
5: insight on that? What do you think? Well, that is a very gray area. Most people will say it's not, but it's a gray area because what you're doing is most curfews function on the basis of an emergency, um, a state of emergency that's allocated by a governor or by whoever your elected officials are. Okay, Mm -hmm. And they can make a demand that people be in at certain times because of uh, community safety, okay? And it's supposed to be geared at uh, a group. Sure. Okay, large groups. It's not necessarily geared, necessarily geared at a person. Now, because of the coronavirus, we're starting to see all of these curfews come up where are being used for other things. Yes. Mm, that's the fun part. But if a person is engaged in a necessity, like I gotta go to the hospital or something is wrong, the curfew is supposed to have some type of exception to allow them to function for livelihood. So is it lawful? Yes. When you get into the court, are they gonna uphold it? It's gonna be one of those those little dirty little things they let walk out the back door with a dismissal. Mm -hmm. Now, if you use the curfew, if you use the curfew to do something else, that's when you're going to start seeing real problems arise, okay? Like, I know that I'm in a curfew, but I'm going to put this, uh, my constitutional right to have, a, um, to have a gathering there. Now you're going to be bumping heads. So now they're going to ask what type of conduct is happening within that gathering, and is that a criminal behavior? But they're not going to use that to bring a criminal charge. And if they do, it's not going to survive. It's not going to survive. It's, I call it, in my, opinion, in my opinion, it's a legal farce. It's an order to comply that if you don't, it's more a civil issue than it is a criminal issue, okay? They're gonna be hard, they're gonna be real hard-pressed to take you to to, to jail and make that stick. It's probably not gonna stick at all, unless they say it's tied to some type of illegal act, like a vandalism, a theft of property, uh, you know, assault or something like that. And even then, it's not gonna make it.
2: You guys, man, I know you got questions, man. Go ahead and uh, jump in. I don't have a question, but the one
4: thing that I, he spoke on is when we get pulled over by the cops. Uh, I was having a conversation the other day about with someone about that type of situation that as a black man, the tension that I feel the moment that I see them fucking lights behind me, how my blood pressure goes up and I immediately feel attacked, that my defenses go up literally i, I, I there's a fear that just goes straight through me and I think that fear at times can be paralyzing, to the point that it fucks with the decisions that we make next. Uh, that a lot of times I see brothers, you know, on these videos and shit that we see all over social media, where these guys getting arguments back and forth, and they're real combative off the gate
5: with a okay. cop.
4: So they escalating like, the
5: problem. Yeah, and it, it, most of the times they're giving so them lose, stuff lose. They, They're giving them laws that are not applied correctly in- Sure, sure. But again, you give it to somebody who doesn't even know the law. That's the part I'm trying to get people to see. Do hmm. you think somebody that has spent uh, a year worth of college, an associate's degree, knows the nuances of Arizona began Wong Song the United States? No. Do you think they know the Fourth Amendment, the Eleventh Amendment? Do you think they understand qualified immunity? Do you think they get that? No. no, all they're doing is pointing and they got a little book and they're trying to figure out which one of these boxes I can check that fits check. what I think you did. Yeah, yeah. And if you give them an excuse, they're gonna check every single one of them.
0: Yeah, yeah.
5: So what I tell people is try your best not to be hostile and recognize that you're gonna play the long game. Now, what I do when I see a cop is different from what everybody else does because I'm ignorant, okay?
4: <laughs> and um, you got more money than the rest of us too. Go ahead, don't, don't forget
5: Andy's that And he's no, a cop, but that's the damn reason. I see a cop. I see cop, man. It, it just turned into a game of Jeopardy. This is Will of Fortune. Let's see what we can get out of this book. You, you, no, you know, you know, cop pulled me over. I got time. Let's do this. You know? uh, see, I, okay, I'm gonna tell you what I did. This is a side note. On my uh, license, I deliberately take a picture with me smiling, the goofiest smile I can make, like this. Why do I do that?
4: I have no idea. (laughs)
5: This is why I do that. Because the psychology of me smiling and handing him a deal says that I am non-hostile, okay? He sees it, and when he comes to the car, I match that. Hey, how you doing? What's going on? Mr. Campbell, you were going 20 miles over the speed limit. What? Really? Oh, man, I guess that diarrhea is doing it today. And... That's... (laughs) What? Because what I do is I recognize them at their most human, personal levels, and I don't challenge who they think they are. I let them be Mm. that. If you think you Superman with a cape, nigga, fly on. Yeah,
4: yeah. And
5: I said that correctly. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Fly (laughs) on. If You
4: think
5: you Wonder Woman with a lasso? Go lasso the front bumper of the car. My ideal now is to get home and get out the way because I know when I get you in that courtroom, you know, that's
4: just mine. I'm Superman at that point in time.
5: I see you, but the minute that you begin to challenge whoever their ideology of themselves is, no matter how perverted it is, you're going to run into a short game problem yeah. because they got a radio. You don't have a radio. They have a gun. Nine times out of 10, we're not going to pull a gun on the cop. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. And so you have to recognize the scenario that you're playing in. And if you decide to engage in a game of checkers and they got a game of chess going on right there in the street, you're not going to win so give them the street, give it to them. And then when you get out the street, you wear their asses out. Mm. That's how you play. And it's, I've been going 15 years, knock on wood, and I have not gotten attracted to And ain't got nothing with me. Hey, oh, don't
3: you top. try that shit, bro. <laughs> I know. I'm um, too dark-skinned for all that bullshit. <laughs> You're you too dark-skinned for that shit, bro. do yeah, um, i I do have to wonder, Um, uh, isn't there another layer of uh, complexity when it comes to, you know, immigrants? From of the African, from the African diaspora, when they interact with the American police,
5: it is. Um, but you got to remember, when you start talking about different layers, you have to keep in mind what is the cynicism, what is the theology, what is the racist tone of what they give each person. What they think of a Chinese person is going to be different from what they think of a Nigerian.
0: <laughs>
5: it's different from what they think of a uh, African American. Okay? Yeah. You pull up and, okay, now forgive me, I'm a defense attorney. I speak in real defense terms. If I'm a Nigerian and pulled over, they're not gonna be looking for me uh, killing nobody. They are gonna look to see what paper crime I committed. mm mm-hmm. interesting. Sure. Okay, if you pull me over and I'm Caribbean, what are we looking for, y'all? Yeah, yeah
0: We're looking we're for weed. Yeah.
5: yeah. If I'm African American, Based on how you profile me before the stop is going to di- dictate what you're looking for. Mm. All right, let's play a little bit. Let's play, let's go a little further. If I'm at my house and I call from the house and I'm a female, what are they looking for? Domestic violence. Domestic violence case. The DV is off. If I'm female and I'm black and I get in a uh, unit is called and I'm not at my house, what did I do? Theft of property. Mm. Mm. Okay, so what's gonna happen is, they're gonna categorize you.
3: Ultimate. So based
5: on what you are, you are gonna be labeled or profiled for that because that's gonna be whatever that preconceived notion is, okay? I'm just telling you what I see, I'm not what I believe, you okay?
3: So there's, so the notions for Middle Eastern people might be... I blew be... up
5: you don't see with the Middle Eastern guys that come to court, usually nine times out of ten, what I see now this is gonna hurt your feelings. Nine come times Homeland Security gets involved. Yeah. But this is what the Middle oh. Eastern, this is what if it's fed. But in state, with the Middle Eastern's what you generally see is gonna be some type of selling alcohol to minors or something along that line. You know, not having proper licenses. Um, they're not gonna get you don't see a lot of them with uh, with, with dope charges. You're going to see them with bad visas. Uh, you see theft of properties also. You see that. Um, but there's going to be a preconceived notion. And if you can tap, and this is sad, but if you can tap into stereotypical USA, it's really easy to figure out what that person is looking at when he comes to you. Like when I, when, if I get stopped in the store, I'm probably going to be labeled as uh Either when I've stolen something or if I haven't stolen something, I have some type of illegal substance on me. OK, yes, I know that if I'm caught late at night and I'm driving a, a high end vehicle. They're going to use a DUI to stop me.
2: Brother Campbell, you've given us a lot to think about, man, and I wish we had so much more time to hey, put it on. So we're going to have to have you back.
5: You don't have to agree. Please.
2: You don't have to agree, but it is what it is. Nah, man, nah, we, oh, and we no. really appreciate it. We're going to have what to happened? have you back on to jump Hold in. Hold on, what in happened to my
5: clear. guy with the qualified immunity question? No, no
2: it's, he- it's here. You, If you want to answer that before you go, that's good with me. So okay. I'm going to read the question out. One of our listeners asked the question, what are the obstacles in the way of getting at the police union contracts and reevaluating the doctrine of qualified immunity so that it isn't abused so easily? All right. First,
4: do me a favor and break down
2: what qualified immunity is because a lot
4: of
5: qualified immunity is um, the cloak of immunity that's given to police officers or elected officials or any official for the government that I am acting within the capacity of my employment. Okay, so if I'm a cop and I do something that is coply, like I shoot somebody, I am precluded from liability because I did it. In my capacity of, as a police officer, yeah, of a police officer. Shit. That's the first question. But he, this is an onion question. It has layers to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the first thing is, is the person has to be beyond the scope of what they were employed to do. Okay. You may be employed to shoot somebody, but you're not be employed to kill somebody. Okay? Okay. okay. You may be employed to arrest a person, but you're not employed to arrest them and then beat them. You follow sure. me? Yep. Yep. So the question is, is the, well, the answer is, is first, are they beyond the scope improving that they are, the, are beyond the scope? That's how you get of their uh, employment is how you get past qualified immunity. The second part is we have to go and force these unions to make these officers keep insurance. Like as an office, now this is this is a, this is a radical idea. Come on, I'm not the it's I'm not, not the person radical. who created sure, yeah. this idea, but this is a radical idea. Your doctor has malpractice insurance when he does the wrong thing. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Your attorney has malpractice insurance if he files the wrong claim or he doesn't do right.
4: Sure, sure.
5: Got it. Yep. We have home insurance if something happens to your house. For you sure, got car sure. insurance if you have a wreck. But the first two I told you about are basically built on action. Yes. The first thing is we need to make anybody that has the ability to walk around with a gun in their hand, be able to shoot somebody and have a badge personally liable with the insurance claim. So every time you have a wreck in your car, your claim goes up, right? Yeah. Mm. Not only does your claim go up, you have to pay more money to operate. What if every time you make uh, an illegal arrest of an African-American man, and he makes a complaint, Yo, and he gets a check, and your policy keeps going up. Wow. To the point where you're Ooh. uninsurable? When you're uninsurable, and because you're uninsurable, Ooh. you can no you longer function as an officer. Yeah, you can't be a cop. Ooh. You can't be a cop. I can't afford insurance, I'm too much of a bigot. Too much of that's, a racist.
4: That's my kind of idea, bro, right? yes, sir. I, I, you
0: you
4: I, mess I like around, and you
5: do something stupid, I sue you, not only are you, se- I can get you severably and liably to not only the police department, but now I can get your ass too. You can't, you can't bankrupt me. You can't Ooh. bankrupt your way out of here. Come on, give me that insurance claim. You start making them solely liable for some of them stupid acts, you're gonna see a decline in those actions. What do you think
2: about the act, uh, about a lot of people that are pushing the, the notion that any, <clears throat> excuse me, any malpractice on the part of the police, instead of having the state end up paying for it or the municipality paying for it, I think it comes that. out of the that it comes out of the police pension? You don't think that's possible?
5: I say everybody. The way you break up- All of them. The the way you break up, uh, mister, we have a union and we're gonna protect them, the way you bust that blue shield up, you make them liable too. You make them Mm. the owner and the dealer of the policy.
1: So now,
5: when I sue this policy, I'm busting up that little blue union of yours. And then this guy who's standing next to you, who is doing nothing wrong, is now gonna say, "Oh hell no, nah. you're not gonna take this now. Nah, you're not out jeopardizing of my, son's my shit because you don't know how to act."
4: Yo, I love that shit. You don't know look, how to act because don't you start don't, start, don't. No, no, no. Let's start my child, each other. See,
5: check this out. I'm out here in Memphis, where St. Jude is. Okay, where La is.
4: Yeah, yeah, my yeah. My
5: is getting insurance coverage so that he can go and get his cancer treatment at La And because I'm a good cop, now because you decided to steal something, hurt somebody, or do something, you are now challenging. The overall policy that the union is providing for me for coverage. Hell no. You know what? He did it. <laughs> Get him out of here. Bye. Yo. Yeah. Tighten them up. Tighten them up. You make that union, say so unionized, you make that union hold a policy and give it to all of his officers. Wow. You see it now?
4: Bro, crystal gone. clear, crystal muffled. Yes. Well, yeah, so yeah, when I is, my lawsuit- That is
3: perfect.
5: And see, and it also slows the litigation down too, because the common illegal stop now, Joe Smo can hit your policy for it. Ooh. Mm. You, you know bad.
0: what
5: I'm saying? So before it goes to the courtroom, Officer Bailey stops uh, Big O for the third time This is the third time he stopped him in his neighborhood, and he's making a complaint of discrimination, and now we want to charge hit his policy. They're saying that the value of him being stopped and him not being able to go to work, this emotional distress that he's taking on, because you keep stopping him in his neighborhood, the same guy. Now, not only do you have notice of the stop, now we're going to hit this policy. So now you got to give me $10,000. Because you keep doing stupid shit.
2: Bruh. I'm glad I made an exception for tonight with these noobs coming in here, boy. I tell you. You're two in a row. row.
4: (laughs) Damn. All
2: right, Brother Campbell, man, before we let you go, please tell the good folks where they can find you if they'd like to find you, your place of business, your social medias, all of that.
5: I'm in the great state of Tennessee. Memphis is where I can be found. Uh, You can catch me at 200 Jefferson, the 15th floor. My phone number is 901 529 8500. My email is Mr. Campbell JD, Mr. Campbell JD at gmail.com. If you have any personal injury issues, we'd love to have them. If you're charged with a crime, please give them to us. We'll take care of you. If we're not sending you home, we're doing wrong.
2: Brother Campbell, man, thank you for being right on the show. We yeah, really appreciate you taking the time out, yes, man. Yes,
5: yes. All right, you. man. I catch you on the web, man. Keep the shoe game going, baby. Hi, right, no doubt, baby. Until <laughs> next time, bro. Be thank safe, you. man.
2: All right, right about now is the time when we'd like to give you little tidbits of news or words of wisdom that you can take <clears> with yourself <throat> into the week. So, Crush, what's up, man?
3: Um, you know, I don't really have much, uh, you know, much going on this week. I just want to, uh, you know, just uh send uh you know send some love out to all my people you know to're staying stronger in this time and um you know there have been a few more losses um in my extended circle, so I send my love out to them um you know just I wanna stay safe and uh, to keep in mind that this isn't quite over um and uh you know but uh, you know let's stay you know keep focused on uh, uh, on a brighter day Condolences, my man, and we know
2: exactly what you mean man we understand l what's up?
4: I'm actually soliciting folks to keep me and my family in prayer uh, and send positive vibes. Tomorrow is my brother Chad's birthday. He would have been 51 tomorrow. 22 years ago, my brother Chad was murdered by the Coatesville Police Department. uh, And during this time has been incredibly motherfucking difficult for me and my family. so tomorrow is going to be a rather difficult day for us as we try to find some strength to celebrate and acknowledge his life. So any positive words, encouragement, prayers, all that. We'll take all that shit, please. Of
2: course, you know, you always got it. you don't even got to ask, man. Yeah, man.
3: definitely.
2: Um, what's up for me this week? Earlier this week in the process of Democratic senators trying to push forward a bill, uh that would be it was called the anti-lynching bill essentially which would make lynching a hate crime um republican senator rand paul is holding up the bill said he's not going to sign it and is trying to stop the bill from being passed because he believes that it would be wrongly applied what the fuck that's supposed to mean i have no idea how you can wrongly apply a anti-lynching bill, especially since did, white people are not getting lynched, but I mean. Yeah. I mean, he did try
3: to elaborate on his argument. Try to walk it back, but it didn't. He say, He's trying to say that he wanted the bill to be stronger. The language, was, to, bro- the language was The, 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 the language man. was too broad. People who would just inflict bruises would get charged with the hate crime. Yeah, I'm he can like, get the fuck out of here
2: with all that bullshit.
3: I wanted to be a stronger bill. I'm like, I don't know, man, I
2: don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I said, he
3: can kiss my ass for all that. Uh, Crush, where can people find you if they'd like to find you, man? Please find me on IG at SP Methods or the Orange Crust with a K and check out my album Entropy on Apple Music and Spotify. No doubt. L, where can people find you if they want to find you, man?
4: Uh, I need some new red solo cups, so
3: dollar <laughs> sign Elgin uh, Bailey. <laughs> like, I mean, d- d- does anybody ever get the green ones? I, get, I occasionally get the blue, but not the
2: green, though. Brother, you I, ever need, get the I need
4: some red. All they have now is some old uh, pink Fourth of July type shit. Yeah, some yeah Red, yeah, white. I'm of, like, don't you know that right America's on fire? <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> yo, yo. Wait, 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 no wait, wait. Wait. As a solo Red Cup enthusiast, can you confirm yeah, 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 yeah. the rumor or the fact that the markings on the cup are actually precise measurements? for drinking
4: yes 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 sir <laughs> sir sir that red line
3: at the bottom oh, that, rewind that one more time and say that for me shot. i want to get that clear yeah, yeah the, the line say? the, the, the markets on the cup are for precise measurements for drinking yes sir Shots. that
4: little red oh. line at the bottom is an actual shot line mm-hmm. i am more of a triple
3: shot man so i use new lines and isn't the next line up like supposed to be uh uh um a normal glass, normal, or whatever. Yes, eight ounces. And, and the full, the full to the full top cup. is actually
4: a full bottle of beer. Full bottle of beer can fit in. A yeah, full it's red a top line. Cup. Yeah, that's yes. a full
3: bottle of beer. Red you can Solo, pour a whole Co- bottle company. into any red cup. Dollar a sign, Elgin
4: Bailey because. <laughs>
3: tons of free, free pub. <laughs> 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 just no, in time for Fourth of July. They
2: should have never gave you light-skinned dudes internet, I uh, swear cash to God. Man. That's right. <laughs> Come through. <laughs> and I am your host, Big O, Mr. In the Black himself. You can find me on Twitter and on IG at MR underscore In the Black. And I want to thank you guys once again for joining us for another incredible episode of the In the Black podcast. Remember, we want to hear from you. Help us continue these conversations by reaching us at In the Black, P-D-C-S-T on Facebook, Twitter, and on Instagram. And as always, informed, informed, Intelligent, in the black. The
4: black. In the black. Peace. Peace.
0: This is this is the In the Black podcast.
1: in the black, bro. <laughs> and it's down one of the best this podcasts is. I ever heard, though. I like y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, what up? up? i Black oh. In the Black Podcast, and you all it's all facts. You don't like that to fall back. In the Black Podcast, don't talk traffic. Switch fast if you ain't broad, the whole way. Informs, intelligent elements, always relevant. Not for the weak and delicate, this is eloquent excellence. We are setting the precedence, resting them are excrement. In the Black Podcast, the truth like the testament. Don't know no, Black up E, bro, i a specialist. So no what the podcast brought, just I'm with this Like said, they might cheat Who no do it so effortless I listen then I learn When they listen then my benefit. Reporting current events Everything that is prevalent This is so exquisite A scientific experiment Giving you the news Not used without evidence Telling you the truth Sentiments without embellishments Relax, ease of the facts Bringing them to your residence In your house and your tenement Listening, hear intelligence Body filled with the Power that's so unsettling in the stars Bringing some light back To the desolate. In the black podcast, the girl this lad so is all facts, you don't like that, they fall back In the black podcast, they fall down, who look at the watch, black up in the chat, we can In the black podcast, the girl lad is all facts, you don't like that, they fall d- back d- In the black podcast, we outlast, like the one to them,
5: none of them, they can't trust
1: just like that, though. What
0: you have